Okay, three, two, one, let's jam. Uh, good morning, Corona Chan. Good morning, fellow parishioners or whatever the hell, congregants. Um, I have got to tell you the story of Chaplin. Yay, story time, guys, huh? We all gather around Uncle Cappy. Time for a story. You guys want a story? All right, Uncle Cappy will give you a story. Um, <clears throat> so most of you do know the story about Podcast Pastor High, about this domain. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe church buildings are expensive and they need to be heated. Maybe the younger generations are going online. Maybe this is one of the silver bullets that could save religion and Christianity. And then I, I, I buy the domain for podcastpastor.com. And I say, all I need is a good reverend, a good pastor to put together good sermons Every Sunday. And that was it. Good sermons every Sunday. MP3 files. And then a tithing plate. Simplest P51 design of a website ever. Ever. And, uh, and every cockamamie pastor and religious person I ran into. Uh, that was legit. That was ordained. That went to seminary. Now, I filed and mailed in a certificate to make me an ordained pastor at, at bobvagoospastorium.com. I mean, because real Christians are going to smell through the bullshit. And every pastor, oh, we can't do that. Why, no, even though we're bleeding people away from Christianity and our enrollment is down by 40%, we know what we're doing. We don't need a business mind or any new ideas. Besides, we have a brand new strategy called cuckery. We bring in feminism, we replace Jesus with a vagina, and we talk about single mothers and how men gotta man up and marry those sluts. And that's how, oh, and the we're going to baptize animals in the church and we're going to just kind of pick and choose things and we're going to allow female pastors even though it explicitly says not to and we're going to endorse gay sex even though it says not to and we're going to put rainbow colored flags and communist flags in front so that you know Jesus isn't here but we're more political it's more like a club you know and that's how we're going to save Christianity <laughs> that brilliant strategy Versus me. Hey, go online. <laughs> oh, God. And I can't get one pastor because I'm sorry. You pastors are dumbasses. I want this to be sent to all Christian pastors. I don't know about I don't know about Muslims or Jews or Hindus or whatever, shamans or whatever are out there. I'm going to guess, though, you guys also like there's got to be something about religion. You guys just have your heads up your fucking asses when it comes to I'm not talking making profit uh, when I say business. I'm saying business sense in, OK, how do you get butts into pews? But legitimate Christians or Islam or Jews or whatever, like you, you want, I presume, well, if you're a real genuine man of the cloth, you'd want authentic Jews, authentic Christians, uh, <clears throat> authentic uh, Muslims coming in, not posers, not people just come in and treat like a social call, like a club. <clears throat> Uh, but but you you guys you need business sense to achieve that. 
And my God, ain't no Christian, at least I know this, ain't no fucking Christian pastors got that, that acumen. None, not a fucking one of you. <clears throat> and then you all hate on Joel Osteen. <laughs> well, now if there was a way, oh my God, pastor, sit the fuck down for this one. Holy shit. You got your white robes and your little thong on, whatever you pansies are wearing. What if there was a way to take what Joel Osteen did? Now sit down. Hold on. Here comes the flabbergastering part. And then still use it for authentic Christian purposes. Like the televangelist. I, oh, what's, what's the prefix to the evangelist? Tele, meaning tell. Oh my God, they use the medium of television <clears throat> to reach people. Oh, that's usury. That's simony. <laughs> Here's dopey old Cappy. Got this prime piece of real estate. Hey, I want you to be a pastor. Yeah, because it says here, Leviticus chapter 712, verse 317, subsection B. Don't ever go online. Right next to where it says butcher cattle. You got to do it the right way. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Well, you're not Christian. Yeah, I'm not. Well, Wait, you'd you'd be benefiting from Christians. Oh my God! You mean like the landowners that sell you the property, or the Starbucks that goes in next door, or the restaurants? Oh my God! We can't have a non-Christian benefit because yeah, you're totally self-supporting and don't rely on non-Christians to keep your fucking church up. Were all your carpenters Christians? <gasps> Did a Jewish carpenter that you didn't murder, by the way, get in? all about carpenters but this one's jewish huh you're all about that but oh no we can't help it so tell you the story of chaplain dave <clears throat> chaplain dave was like he was the number one recruit this guy honest christian great guy a retired military chaplain just the at reliable at that i'm like look and he's retired I'm like hey you go, go, come on. Gives you something to do. You can still help out in Christ. <coughs> and he, I don't know. And his, his, he had no reservations about the technology or the general business idea. He understood it. He just didn't want to be a pastor. He, he had done his time and this and that. And, and I understand he had to go his own way. But man, I wanted him. So I kind of give him the needle every once in a while. And we were talking to some other chaplains. He was, I was hanging out with him and a bunch of other people. Of, of the cloth. And they're like, oh, what are you going to do for retirement? Oh, I don't know. This and that, that and this. I say, he's, he's got a job offer. I'm like, really? Where? I said, there's this website called Podcast Pastor. They want him to be the pastor. Everybody's eyes lights up. Oh, that's a great idea. You should totally do it. And, and he's looking at me. I say, yeah, you should totally do that. And then I said, unless you don't love Jesus. <laughs> and he just looks at me. <laughs> And then I got about another one where <clears throat> I said, yeah, I mean, the, the, we're talking about the dynamics or the, the logistics, you know, you, the physical to, to reach now billions of souls. It takes a hundred, you know, I mean, the webcam, you just need the microphone. 
it takes now what a $50 microphone, $50 laptop or $50 computer, internet connection. You can reach billions, billions. If your message is good, you can, you could save billions of souls. And, and then I, I was explaining that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I said, unless you're okay with billions of souls burning in hell. <laughs> And that's why I want to tell you the story about Chaplain Dave, because unless you want billions of souls to burn in hell, you better share right now this web stream, the YouTube link of the great merciful Corona Chan to your friends, right? Now. Everybody go online, copy the link, <clears throat> spread the good word, the gospel of the great merciful Corona Chan. Because if you don't spread the gospel, you want your friends to burn in hell. And salvation is through the great and merciful Corona Chan. Because reasons. Because why not? Why the fuck not? They're baptizing animals over at the gay church in Minneapolis. I think it's called St. Mark's. I think St. Mark abandoned that long ago when you're bringing animals in there and you're baptizing them. Why the fuck not? Why the fuck can't I have the great and merciful? Oh, and then, you know, 5,000 years from now, after the, the dad has been all corrupted, and then there's been a council of Nicaea, oh, fuck, what do we include here? What did Captain say again? How are we going to split this one up? Uh, uh, okay, so Corona Chan is the goddess, and uh, Cappy's like the Pope, but we'll call him the Cope. Uh, and then, um, and, and, but he passes on the torch to the future cope and, and, uh, through the great merciful cope, we're all going to go to the land of big titted Asian women. Yes. Yes. Well, if the Muslims can have it, why can't we have it? <laughs> so um, unless you want your friend, do you have friends you care about? Well, you better forward this, put it on your Facebook, put it on your Twitter, share with me. Actually. Only share with people who have our flavor and taste of this rather crass. You know, don't send it to your mom. I don't think your mom's going to get it. But yeah, I want to spread this out. Let's share it today. Spread the gospel of the great and merciful Corona channel. And I already saw a super chat. Let's get that out of the way. Uh, Rahul, our agent in India. Rahul, are you in India? Are you here in the States? And where are you at? I want to say he's our uh, agent in the field in India. I guess we could call you our Indian agent in the field because the field could be the world, but it'd be cool. Oh, yeah, our man in India. Yeah, that's what it's like our man in Havana. Oh, yeah, our man in India. Anyway, Rahul for 100 rupees. Kepi, most people are God-fearing and not really God-loving types, which is why con men become messiahs. That is true for every religion out there. Most people are God-fearing, not loving. Con men become messiahs. I'm trying to figure out the logic on that. <laughs> So people are afraid they'll burn in hell so somebody could come in and sell them like salvation or the afterlife. And God loving requires that you maybe get to know the scripture um, or the religious doctrines and everything. So you get to know the God you're presumably worshiping and that's why they can suss out the money. Is that maybe it? I'll, I'll throw a third curveball on it. <clears throat> I think inevitably everyone has an existential crisis, not necessarily the fear of an afterlife, whether it exists or not. That certainly drives some of it. But and then this I saw this in in uh, church is people are just going there for purpose and meaning, not God, not Jesus. I, I say it again. Ninety five percent of the people go there uh, for an ulterior for social reasons, for purpose and belonging reasons, for tribalism. They even call it um, uh, 
And this is another reason why all these pastors poo-pooed my idea of podcast pastor. Um, fellowship. Oh, we need fellowship. We need fellowship. Yeah, we need. Well, set up a fucking meetup group on, on meetup.com for Christians. What the F do you need this big ass building? We need fellowship. And I think the fellowship for, for, and it could be all religions. You could be making a good point, Rahul, that for all religions, the fellowship outranks anything else. Like I think Islam, uh, you got a lot of people that, well, okay, hang on. The Jews, that's more fellowship and business transactions, okay? Where it's like, well, I'm not a practicing Jew, but I'm ethnically Jew. It's like, wait, wait, wait. You're playing the card how you want. Do you practice or not? I mean, like the Hasidics, okay, whatever your disagreements liturgically about it might be. Uh, they're pretty serious about their faith. You, well, I'm Jewish. When's the last time you went to synagogue? 20 years ago. Well, what? Really? The Muslims, the ulterior motive, I think, would be more of a war path. Well, we could take over. Uh, although there'd also be tribalism, I guess, involved in that too. Hey, we belong. I don't see Muslims going to a mosque because they're bored on a Sunday. See what I said? There's a different ulterior motive. But how, how many religions are is it? Is Yahweh really at the center of your religion? Is that why you're going? Are you really going for Allah? Are you really going for Christ? Or is it because you want to bang the hot chick? That you saw at the at the mosque picnic the other day. I'd be very curious, anybody in the different religions, like who are legit and sincere in their faith. Like, what's the authenticity rate of this different religions that you've witnessed? Admittedly, if we're Western, it's I guarantee you, if you're Western, it's gonna be way worse. The data, the stats are gonna be horrible. I'm really curious, but in just my observations here in the United States, only five percent of the people that go to church are authentic Christians. What else we got here? <laughs> Joe Jones for two bucks. You are forgiven. Now fill my tray. <laughs> Here's some wine. Hey, this, this bread. Oh, yeah, you're going to make it to heaven. Oh, wait, did we put water on your head three times? Bloop, bloop, bloop. All right, now you're going to go to heaven. Oh, yeah, you can murder and raise kids from rat bastard fathers and take a ton of government money and, you know, beat up and assault people. But, hey, as long as you come here every day and you, Jesus forgives, all right, you'll get to heaven. Uh, Kevin McCober, would society benefit from banning religion? Uh, no, no, because uh, religion, for all of its faults, did have a unifying effect, not only a unifying effect, but a legal effect, um, an anti-anarchy effect. Uh, previous to religion, you'd have warlords. It was might makes right. Uh, then religion came along and, <clears throat> well, there's other reasons religion came along, but one of them was, well, if all we got is a bunch of people killing each other, ain't no effing rules, we're not going to last too long. And the tribe that's more organized than our tribe, who has more soldiers, is going to wipe out our tribe. Now, we need a flag to rally under, essentially. A tribe to fall. What do we get? Hey, boy, people don't like death. What if we come up with, hey, there's an afterlife. But there's some rules. There's some rules. Oh, God, what are the rules? And, oh, my God, the rules are, like, universally the same across the religions. How coincidental is that? Like, don't murder. Don't steal. Don't bang another guy's wife. Uh, I, I'll worship me, by the way, because if you don't, you're burning the nasty, nasty hell. 
If you do the good things, oh, we're up in the party place or the 72 version version of that or whatever the Jews believe. All the Catholics are stuck in purgatory. God, how long are we here for? Uh, but for whatever failings you might have of religion, it gets shit organized and establishes law. And if I remember correctly, Leviticus, one of those first Old Testament books, is all about like, do this, don't do that. Butcher this, don't uh, eat hooved animals, don't eat hooved animals. Get this fish, but don't get that fish. Uh, and the reason for that is uh, those are good rules to follow. Um, you know, a, a perfect example would be the emphasis on the family <clears throat> and the father, not necessarily because he was a guy, but because you need one person in charge. And usually they were strong. It's like, do what this fucking guy says. And oh, by the way, here's some rules for you guys. You got to treat your wives a certain way. You can't just make them slaves, although that ended up happening anyway with concubines and whatnot. But <clears throat> in any case, uh, and here's all the, because if you didn't have a mom and a dad raising the kids, the cost would then fall on society like we got today. But when the pill came along, that, that rule, it's like, well, don't, now you can have premarital sex. You know, because you won't get pregnant until, oops, I, oh, it's a miracle. I got accidentally pregnant. Oops, I forgot to take the pill. Oops, I don't know. Oops, oops. These oops only cost us like $2 trillion a year in, in, in taking care of other people's problems, the illegitimate, unwanted children. <clears throat> but in theory... Technology op like refrigeration. I forgot what it was. Like you're not supposed to eat pigs. So it's really I don't think you're supposed to eat pork. Yeah, the Muslims, you're not supposed to eat pork. Now, going way back in the day, that was because I think pork spoiled. Uh it's an unclean animal, blah, blah, blah. It caused disease. And they're like, hey, hey, don't eat no pork. Why? Well, they didn't know about germs and things like that. Uh, because the guy in the sky said not to, otherwise you'll you'll burn in hell. Oh, God, I don't want to burn in hell. I better not eat pigs. Well, then refrigeration comes along, appropriate butchering, cleansliness, uh, antibacteria stuff. So, no, yes, if you're a Muslim, you can have a piece of bacon. I know according to your religion you can't, but you can have a piece of bacon and you will not die. That's, that's the real translation. So technology has obsoleted some of these traditions or rules that older religions had to basically prevent you from poisoning yourself, killing yourself, spreading disease, et cetera, et cetera. So religion is very good in that it got things organized, cleaned things up, allowed economies and societies to grow, less death, less murder, less problems, less crime. <clears throat> and then, um, you know, and, and, and then, then all they, then they go to war with each other. Well, wait, your God says that. Mine says blue is a better color. Let's go kill one another. Wait, don't we all have the same God? <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Why are you fucking killing each other? Well, my favorite is Sharia and Sunni. And it was a difference. Someone tell me if I'm wrong. But it's something like this. These two sects of Islam go to war with each other and bump each other off for centuries because one group believes 
a cousin of Muhammad was the true heir to the, to the sainthood or whatever, and the other people don't. And my God, that's everything else. We all agree. But by gosh, you believe that? Well, we better go kill you and destroy your mosque. Oh, God. So there's some drawbacks. Yeah, there's some drawbacks. Team blue versus team green. Look it up. The Nika revolts. N-I-C-A. The Nika revolt. Oh, humans will fight over the dumbest shit. We'll fucking kill and murder over the dumbest shit. They, the, the Nika revolts. They literally fought over sports ball. They destroyed a city, almost brought the Byzantine Empire down to its knees because two groups of dude uh, bro uh, hooligan sports ball dipshits went to war with one another. But at least they were organized, see? Without that, it'd just be chaos. So uh, <clears throat> would society ban uh, benefit from banning from religion? Me <laughs> In one way, yes, if we got rid of the bullshit. Like, look, there ain't no fucking God. It doesn't adhere to the scientific method. So stop wasting your time. So in one way, we stop wasting money, donating, tithing, wasting our time in, in buildings, praying to some guy in the sky. <clears throat> but at the same time, I don't want – now you're, you're being a tyrant. You're telling people they can't believe or practice what they want to. And uh, I, I wouldn't do that. Um, you know, so no, uh, overall society would not benefit. There'd be some benefits that come with it, but I, society would not benefit because they're not allowed to do what they want. I mean, come on, Kevin, how much fun would your life be if you weren't allowed to believe in socialism? <laughs> we had to get a rail gun, the new magnetic rail gun the U.S. Navy's working on, and Fired something at Mach 6 to go zing right past Kevin. You know, what would women do without their feminism? What would Christians do without the Christianity? Everybody's got to believe in a boogeyman. The little kids believing in Santa Claus. Come on, why ruin it for everybody? Why introduce empiricism and reality in the scientific method? Everyone wants to feel good before they die. Am I going to go to heaven? Sure. Why? Yeah. Oh. <sighs> Kevin, two bucks. Religion causes so much conflict. And it does. No, it does. I'm, I'm talking, it's like one step above pure anarchy and chaos and warlordism. All right. <clears throat> I prefer a republic, not a democracy, a republic where the voting uh, uh, franchise is restricted to productive members of society. Uh, that would be a big step up in terms of governance, uh, but still having a theocracy is better than having pure anarchy and uh, warlords and, and tribes just run around killing each other. <clears throat> Rahul for 200 rupees. I'm from a small town in central India. What I really meant is people only turn to religion after stuff goes wrong in their life. Thus God becomes an excuse to not take responsibility. Easy. Pray. Oh yeah. 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 A lot of people find Christ uh, and when they're in jail or they're about to die. Uh, They've done something horrifically wrong. That's why a lot of born-again, not only a, a lot of born-again Christians that are single moms, but a lot of born-again virgins that are single moms. Like, I'm a born, I'm, a, I'm saving myself for Christ. I'm saving myself. This You didn't save yourself. This is not a do-over. You don't get another quarter and get to play again. You've lost it. Don't, don't, do, don't tell me this. 
these pastors marrying porn stars. <laughs> That's my favorite. That maybe, maybe if I really want to be Machiavellian about it, I just go get myself one of those porn star marrying pastors. I'm like, yeah, you know what the dope is. Yeah, okay, Machiavelli. Yeah, I know, I know. Do you know the Bible? Can you put together a good shtick? Good. Here's here's five bucks for a sermon. Just just send it to me. Make sure it's good. Yeah, and then go go bang your porn star wife. And yes, I am jealous. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, Judd Grover for two bucks. They got wine. Happy hours at church could be fun. I I don't begrudge fellowship within a religion. I mean, yes, go have fun. Go have your celebrations. Absolutely, of course. I, I mean, I remember having a good old time. It was some of the rare times with good old times where there'd be barbecues out at the church. You know, it'd be a nice spring day or summer day or, you know, all, uh, uh, Saturday next week, we're going to have the baseball game and, and grilling and barbecue and whatever else. But the church base, nothing good ever happens in the church basement. Nothing. The, 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 the coffee is lousy. The food is bad. <clears throat> Here's your ham sandwiches with pickles. Oh, wow. Thanks, Gertrude. And our, um, Bay and, and, and uh, Gertrude, they made their, it was like this green, chalky, lime, lemon pudding. Anybody else have that? And they'd serve, and that was the dessert. But then once you got above ground, it was sunny. Oh, then the burgers and the hot dogs and the steak and, oh, yeah, everything got – then that would be fun. <clears throat> that would be fun. But, man, once you went into the basement, the food and the coffee went to shit. I'm, I'm sure there's a religious well, – you don't understand, Aaron. You didn't go to seminary. Uh, you have to be humble and eat shitty food. <clears throat> the Church of Cappy, they'd be very efficient – very, very sleek, very efficient. Very good coffee. Very good coffee. No, I'm not against Christians or anyone having fun. Yeah, go hang out. I'd even say that you should have a dance. <clears throat> now, the religion I came from was the Wisconsin Synod. You were not allowed to dance. Dancing was a sin. But now it's okay because they had a committee meeting. Oh, we've been interpreting it wrong. Okay, you can dance. Oh, all right. Oh. And, and don't worry soon to loosen up and get more butts and pews. Oh, all right. Gay sex is allowed. Even though we were against it all that time, thus behooving the question, what else are you wrong about? If you're wrong about this one thing, are you wrong about the important shit? Oh, but yeah, you should have fun. And oh, I don't know. If you had a dance... Maybe boy Christians would get with girl Christians and you make little more Christians. But sex is bad. It should not only have sex to have children. And Jesus has to be watching over you while you're having sex. The good old joke. Uh, why does the Wisconsin Synod, that you could throw any group that you wanted to this. Why does X group of religious people frown upon having sex standing up? And they say, I don't know why, because it might lead to ballroom dancing. Huh? 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 <laughs> uh, David 128, Minnesota craft brewers saying they're in trouble. 50% of them have to close in 90 days. Oh, God, we got to read this. 
article in the Strip Tribune, um, dude bro opinions. Uh, Dave, no, I don't think they're dude bros. Now, nah, look, <clears throat> they are meeting a demand. Come on, let's admit, before the specialized craft beers, uh, there was shit selection. Right, here's your Bud Light or here's your Miller or Budweiser. These guys came in. It was craft. It was good. Um, and it, it was it was called for. It was real legit GDP. A lot of these microbrews got bought out by the big guys. Real genuine production and growth and a drastic increase in the quality of beer and thus the quality of people's lives went up and people go to the microbrew pubs and all that. But then it became a fad. And I don't know why, but I have this great agitation towards glom honors and me too is not the sexual one, but me too. Uh, before it went, you know, oh, you were there when it went pop. And so now everyone's like, dude, let's make a micro. So I don't think it's dude bros. I think it's hipsters who are coming out of their failed liberal arts degrees. And they're like, hey, man, let's open up a brew. And in other words, a brew pub is kind of like the male millennial equivalent of the millennial women's essential oils or wine parties or Mary Kay. Remember wine parties? Anyone remember wine parties? Uh, let's take a look. Let's take a look. Star Tribune. Uh, micro brews 50%. Will that come up? Hit the road for an epic tapro micro brews news. New breed of beer uh, out of business. Out business. Business. Okay, here we go. Oh, I love it. This is like watching dot-coms go belly up in 1999 or or banks and dude bro with our real estate investors going bankrupt in 2008. Uh, here, I think I got it. <clears throat> Minnesota's craft brewers say they're in trouble. More than half say they may be forced to close in 90 days if stay-home order is extended. I wonder who the young 20 and 30-something microbrew owners and their clients voted for in the state of Minnesota. Did they vote right and pro-capitalism or left? I love it when leftists start businesses. I just love it. And here, ironically, the picture shows a guy now legit me. They're they're doing drive through stuff where they got to sell their beer. So he's at a drive through selling this guy looks like a twelve pack <clears throat> of beer. But the Twin Cities people vote Democrat, and then the Democrat City Council has eliminated drive throughs. Oh. I wonder if that's having a negative effect or would have a negative effect on future sales. It's not as bad as this, but it's kind of like, like watching Venezuelans who are pro-communists have to eat their pets. It's it, it's not that dark, but it's kind of like every Democrat, dude, bro, liberal arts major that went to the U of M or St. Kate's or St. Thomas or McAllister, they take a gun, they put a, a hollow tip bullet in there, they shoot themselves not in the foot but the kneecap, and then as and then they're like, I can't walk. Oh my God, what happens? And like, how much you want to bet this? We need more money. Which makes the whole point. Well, then you're not running a business, right? It's just the government pays us all 
to like make believe we're working. Isn't that it? Like we don't actually produce something for society at an economically profitable and efficient rate, thus keeping prices down, thus not requiring other people bail us out. But now it looks like, well, okay, everybody just do what you want. Okay, we're all from Wayzata. We're all from the Adida. And daddy government will just give you the money. <clears throat> and even if you fail, here's some more money. I, I'm a micro brewer. I run a hair shop. I do. And then soon people will realize they don't have to make a good product at a good price because they'll just get bailed out all the time. And soon the quality will go to shit. Oh. Uh, craft breweries in Minnesota say they need the state's help to stay afloat. First sentence. Hey, make it impossible for us to do business. Hey, subsidize us now. Many have tried what they can to keep the businesses going during the state's stay-at-home order, but more than half said they could be forced to close in three months if the stay-at-home order is extended beyond May 13th, according to Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild. Survey of 77 members. 77 microbrews in one state? That's like all these small little uh, community banks I used to work for that were trying to like live off the crumbs of the housing market that Wells Fargo and U.S. Bank and uh, TCF and all the other large banks in town, uh, town didn't take. <clears throat> Owners and analysts said the business is precarious with National Brewers Association survey producing similar results. Many have heavy debt loads. And state law impedes some revenue streams. Breweries typically have one to three months of expenses on hand. But when revenues drop 60 to 70%, you can't sustain that beyond eight weeks, said Matt Schwant, co-owner and head brewer of Bajas Brew Labs in Minnesota, Minneapolis. Unless they can get really creative for capitalization, government help is not a long-term option. I'm glad the SBA loan is forgivable. Oh, th thank me, Matt. Thank me and all the other taxpayers who are, are giving you that money. <clears throat> but the option to take on additional loans is not good. Most brewers get about 70% of the revenues from the tap rooms or brew pubs. Larger craft breweries are closer to 40 or 50%. With those closed by state law, smaller breweries have resorted to pick up and delivery orders. For many, that's a lifeline, especially for breweries that don't yet sell in liquor stores. They have limited to, huh, maybe if you could sell liquor. Oh, wait, you got to go to the government for that. And who do you vote for? The government. The Democrats, the socialists, more regulation, more regulation, more regulation. Foxhole Brewhouse and Wilmer temporarily stopped selling to liquor stores as a way to boost profits. Oh, wait, are they talking brew pubs? <coughs> oh, especially for breweries that don't yet sell in liquor stores. They have limited distributions. All right. I see. We could keep more profits selling by walk-ins or deliveries than selling wholesale to liquor stores, said Ryan Fuchs co-owner of Foxhole. We don't want to snub liquor stores, but they're booming and we're not. Craft beer sales to Minnesota liquor stores are down 20% from earlier in the year, according to Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild. That's partly because consumers, especially early on in the crisis, were buying 12 packs of staple brands to save money. <laughs> Dude, I don't care. I, I was never a big beer guy, and I will give this to the, to the microbrew industry. Uh, dude, American beer sucked. About the only thing I really liked was Sam Adams Light. And even that was more of a avant-garde brand early on. And the micro brews came in. I'm like, okay, yes, yeah, some of these are really good. I mean, pretty much all of them are better than Budweiser. I could agree with you on that. 
<clears throat> but I would never cut my budget to go back to drinking. What is it? Natural ice. Some one of the bigger brands like this ice brew, and it's just the sloppiest, trailer trashiest uh, uh, beer you can get. Usually, when you see that, there's a snowmobile somewhere around. Unless you're Rollo Tomasi, in which case he has a bottle of Balvany Scotch. Although his snowmobile might be on fire. Uh, that's aside the point. It's also because craft drinkers are often browsers and now they shop less often and want to get in and out, said Jim Watkins, co-owner of sociable side effects. Even selling from the tap rooms, brewers feel hamstrung by state law. No, no, no. You cannot be hamstrung by the socialists. You cannot be. These are, they are well intended and they are your superiors obey uh where'd it go minnesota is the only state that restricts smaller tap rooms and breweries to selling only growlers and crowlers not the 12 or 16 ounce package cans that get sold in liquor stores <laughs> why why I think in Minnesota, you still can't sell cars on Sunday. And they went through this big uh, dick through a, a tree sharpener uh, process. Like this, the legislature actually pissed away time, pulling teeth, debating on whether or not liquor stores should be open on Sunday. It's like, holy fucking stick up the private sector's ass, Batman. Who the fuck gives a damn? Okay, I remember articles upon articles read. Oh, but but liquor store owners like having Sundays off. Well, what is that the business of the state? And people would go run to Wisconsin or just buy more on Saturday. I just the, and and that this is the level of intelligence of government. Oh, how do we solve this problem? Uh, ain't none of your business. Fuck off. But all you microbrew people, both the consumers and the co entrepreneurs, the vast majority of you Marxist socialist leftists, and I don't care. You brought it upon yourself. Larger breweries such as Summit, Schnell, Surly, Fulton, Castle Danger, and Third Street came and sell the growlers and crawlers to taproom customers, a state law meant to protect wholesalers and liquor stores and smaller breweries to a lesser extent. You are regulating the size of beer containers that you can sell. Podcasters only allow to produce 50 minutes of content a day per podcast, depending on your viewership count. State Brewers Association is asking state legislators for help. Uh, fuck off. Um, here's help. Get rid of all those dumbass rules. Suggesting measures such as temporarily allowing all breweries to sell beer in 12 to 64 ounce containers for at-home consumption, suspending regulatory fees for the rest of the year, waiving sales tax payments through October, and establishing a forbearance and rent abatement program. Hmm. <clears throat> a lot of that sounds like Democrat foisted things upon you. 
selling to go is at best a band-aid, said Evan Saley, co-founder of Fair State Brewing Cooperative and president of the Minnesota Brewers Guild. The vast majority of our revenues come from tap rooms, large or small. It's expensive to brew beer on a commercial scale. Stainless steel tanks, spinners, filters, and optional canning lines and centrifuges can add up between 50000 to $2 million to purchase and maintain. Those who speculated on if you build it, they will come. That will be an Achilles heels for brewers, said Mike Bamonte, CEO of KEG Consulting in Minneapolis. I wonder if they're as good as asshole consulting. Companies that are highly leveraged will not be able to keep up with their payments. This is very serious. Well, I wonder, I wonder if there was a book out there that talked about the problem of taking on debt. Like a book that would be for young dude bros who want to open up a brew pub and are kind of like bachelors, but they lack the basic economics and accounting skills because they went to the University of Minnesota and studied theater or communications. Like there was a book about bachelor economics and maybe it could have a catchy title like bachelor pad economics. Ah, fuck it. That's not what they want. Government bail me out. <clears throat> what? Learn good finances? Learn about accounting controls? No, I just want the government to bail me out. That's why I love Bar Rescue. That guy walks in, all these dumbasses don't know how to run a bar. <laughs> about one, about two-thirds of the 150,000 craft brewery workers nationwide have been furloughed or laid off, said Bart Watson, economist for National Brewers Association. Well, they got an actual economist. That would be cool to be Bart Watson. How would you like to be an economist for the National Brewers Association. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. What do you study? I study beer, like a virologist, a microbiologist. No, no, nationwide, globally. I my job is to study beer. Like that'd be like a lingerie economist. Like I'll volunteer anytime like Fredericks of Hollywood wants to hire me, pay me a lot. I'll, I'll study a lingerie. Get some more models. Oh, yeah, those fat models, those plus size models, get them the fuck out of here. Get them the fuck out of here. But, sir, they account for 30% of ourselves and at a growing rate. Get them the fuck out of here. I don't care if it makes money. You have to have principles at times. <clears throat> but they want to be beautiful, too. Well, then they should be thin. <laughs> I want to be tall, but Aaron, you're five foot nine. nine. No, but short is tall. <laughs> short is tall now. I'm the new tall. Give me an NBA contract. The government assistance was a short-term fix, but Watson doesn't see it as a lifeline that many small businesses need. Brewers that depend on bars and restaurants for a portion of the revenue worry that after they reopen, business may be a trickle at first and maybe longer. Oh. We're not even trying to make a profit, said Fuchs of Foxhole. The breweries are trying to think creatively to market their beer. Bauhaus has, already, has always had a drive-up window set up but it had never been operational until now. Well, well, you should get rid of that right away. You voted to get rid of that. You should not have to. Do you know how much carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide emissions happen because of a drive through Do you love yourself more than the environment? How dare you? <clears throat> the novelty is fun, Schwantz said. It's not every day you see a drive through brewery. Go to Wyoming. You go to Wyoming. That's all they got is the drive through bars. Uh, Bauhaus also added a non-alcoholic beer called Na shortly after the virus hit, but its local success made the company start marketing nationwide. One of the first brews, but not a 
Pirates had good timing. Bada ba. Uh, buy a Minnesota beer, said Omar Ansari, founder of Surly Brewing. It's more important now than ever. Those are your neighbors. I'm not just saying that to boost sales. No, we are not in this together. We are not in this together. You Democrats have divided us. You've told a group of people they're evil and vile because they have this race or this gender or they make more. They live here. They live there. Uh, you, You put all these regulations and taxes on you. You hate people. Now, also, no, no, we are not in this together. I actually do explicitly try not to buy Minnesota stuff. The GF sent me to the wine store. Get some wine. I'm like, California, no. California, no. California, no. South Africa, no. South Africa, no. Oh, New Zealand. They're the least Marxist out of the group so far. Well, thank you, uh, Dave. That's some good news. Watching other leftist people suffer. That's a good news. We're not in this together. We are so not. Cannot emphasize that enough, people. You yell at people like me. You hate on people like me. You demand I pay for more of your fucking shit. You make my life harder. We are definitely not in this together, you motherfucking traitors. We could have rallied under the flag of America and Americanism, but y'all wanted to take that down. So now I I uh, don't know what to say. Gee, too bad. Because you know what? When all these real estate developers and bankers were going belly up, which everyone should have been cheering going on. You think the leftists were all sad? You think they're like, oh, all those people at YZ are losing their houses. I was cheering on because I know the problems of debt. What, you you think they're happy? Uh, oh, wait, yay, we're all in this together now. I, I know I, I hated you and I, I wanted to dox you and make sure you could never find a job and make it law that you could be have other people pass for a promotion over you because of the color of the skin or the plumbing. And we know we blame all the problems on you. We make all the movies and the television, hate on people like you. Hey, we're in this together now, right? Right? Uh-oh. Juan, this is going to be interesting. Five bucks. I participate participate in a Christian quinceañera. Let me ask a question, Juan. Are not the majority of Latinos Catholic? Wouldn't most of them be Christian quinceañeras? Or was that is that a uh, a secular thing? Uh, it was the worst. It's pretty much a Mexican party without alcohol. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. Even the Mexicans don't like that. What? <laughs> I can't. Okay, hang on. We got to get the other Juan, Juan Navarro. I got to get Athaman on this. Okay, the kid Sierra is for the girl, and she's 15. That has got to be fucking no booze. That has got to suck for every guy that is forced. I, I bet you your moms, I bet you your moms are bludgeoning you like browbeating you to go. You have to go for your little cousin's kid Sierra. And you go there, and there's no tail you could pick up. It's all jail bait, if it would. And I can't see what it's like hanging out with a bunch of 15-year-old girls all celebrating becoming a Oh, God, that would just sound horrible. And no booze. Oh, God. <laughs> That's hell. In the great Corona Chan religion, who you should be spreading the gospel by, by the way, <clears throat> at all times, otherwise you'll burn in hell, you'll be damned. You'll be condemned to a non-alcoholic Kinsiera party that lasts forever. That is hell. 
and the religion of Corona Chan. It reminded me why I dislike Catholicism. I, I want, do they have secular quinceañeras? I thought the religion would have gone with it. Uh, Kevin, two bucks. Mass was the worst shit. Sit and stand and kneel and sit. Yeah, you got an aerobics exercise. One of my buddies, Dave, <clears throat> he took me to Catholic Mass because I, I, okay, let's go. And that was the one thing that stood up is all the aerobics you do. Uh, and in incense, the guy came in with the swinging, I don't know, burning myrrh or whatever. Ronan Boyle, what do you think of New York New York Stock Exchange? My shares up today. I don't know what are those. I'm not going to look them up for two British pounds. Are those are those ticker symbols? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't pay attention to the market anymore. I don't pay attention to individual stocks. I'm not paid to do it anymore. I just like uh, index investing. Hey, prices are down. There we go. You will waste more time and money trying to study individual stocks, trying to get into like different sectors or, or, or day trade or get in and out of currency or <clears throat> stuff like that. You know, if only there was a book that talked about how to invest. Oh, and this is the Bible of the great and merciful Corona Chan. Actually, all my books will become like, because the Bibles, they get that really thin paper with really small fonts so they can fit whatever, 40 books of the Bible into one thing that's about the size of a brick. Uh, Christopher Anon for five bucks. Microbrews were first started in Oregon to avoid silly OLCC regs. A brewery had a right to open a tavern at the brewery in Oregon. Oh, so instead of getting licensed to be a liquor store or a bar, uh, they start a brew pub. No wonder everyone, like, and it all descended. All the douches with uh, beards and, and uh, flannel shirts all started open. Is that why? <clears throat> I, was, I was visiting Albuquerque, Adam, and we had, we had gone around and adventured and done something. So I, I took him to a brew pub. And sure enough, here it's just... No matter where you go, like McDonald's are all the same. Brew pubs are all the same. I'm like, I wonder if it's going to, oh, no, there he is. The disheveled hair guy with a tattoo on his face and his neck and his arms. And, and there, yep, he's, he's like 41 and probably still has a skateboard. And he ain't uh, Sean, or not Sean White, Tony Hawk. Juan Cabrera, South Dakota governor, governor uh, not shutting down your opinion. Hang on, let me do my hair. <clears throat> uh, awesome. Um, I wouldn't have blamed her if she shut down a little bit, but once it proved, and here's another thing about these Western states. Well, look at all these Republicans wanting people to die. Dude, there ain't no people out there. The biggest town in South Dakota is Sioux Falls, which I think doesn't even have 100,000 people in it. I'm talking the metro. Uh, yeah, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, um, New Mexico could probably even be considered one of these are big ass states with very low density population. Uh, so I don't, I don't really see why, you know, why you want to shut that down. I, I don't know how much transmission would occur anyway. It's not like people are flying into New York and it's a heavily densely populated area. Farmer Brown sneezes the most in you know, uh, densely populated sneeze of coronavirus. By the time it floats 30 miles down to the next guy, Farmer Joe, 
uh, it's either killed or so it's it's made it into the crops or you know it's it's not anything to worry about <clears throat> mark for five bucks I just read a commercial space to a church group. No one else is leasing all. Pastor straight up told me God is a good business when people are scared. Yep. Yep. But Mark, that's simony, simonry. And you're not Christian. Well, maybe you are Christian. I don't know. How can a church pay a non-Christian money? Why are there no butts in the seats? Why are the men not manning up and marrying these sluts? What what's going on? We this this should have worked. <laughs> I will consult church a hey, Christians, pastors, uh, council members, people who sit and run the churches. Board direct you want you want a consult you want a consultant to get butts and pews long term? Come talk to old Cappy. But let me guess. Just like secular people, you also want to be lied to, even though you pride yourselves on thou shalt not lie. Is that, a, is that also a sin? Thou shalt not believe in lies? Or is it just you could tell you shouldn't tell lies, but believe the lies? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Believe it all the time. Sure. Whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting philosophical question. What is worse, telling the lie or knowingly believing the lie? Be very interested in that philosophy on that one uh 1985 nbc uh it wasn't my passion but it's easily paying the bills these days fully embracing minimalism and staying single i am this happily on my own yeah it's <clears throat> it's nice i was i was talking to a couple people i'm like you know we're real lucky uh that we're not laid off um because I remember, man, I remember the dot-com and I remember the Great Recession. And it sucked. It sucked. I was always teaching class or running some kind of hustle or something like that on the side. But revenues were down. I remember revenues one year went down. <clears throat> yeah, the Great Recession. My revenues went down 60%. And, of course, the Minneapolis city government jacked up property taxes by 400 Because they care about the poor. And, uh... Yep, I was, I, but this time it's like, okay, I guess I, I guess I'm immune to this one economically speaking. I guess I'm gonna do all right. Uh, boo, boo, darn it, Ronan boy for two British pounds. What is your profit from index investing to be? I don't know. It's about eight percent a year. <clears throat> and keeping in mind that includes a couple fixed in, uh, fixed income funds as well. I have a balance fund. So I think the S&P 500 has historically returned about 12% annually uh, over time. Um, but you throw in some fixed income, it, it brings it down. And the current portfolio I got is, is 8%. At least that's the projections historically speaking. I have a feeling it's going to be a lot more. So, you know, here's what's interesting, Ronan. In terms of, how do I want to put this? The more money we print off, I think the future rates of return, the nominal rates of return, are going to go above their historical trends. I think they're going to go above uh, 12% for the S&P 500. <clears throat> uh, but, and, and you would say, but you, know, you account for inflation, uh, which is the CPI. Uh, the real rates of return 
once you back out inflation, will be higher than they historically have been. However, I would make the argument that when you factor in rent on a weighted average basis, like you, you take your rent and what percent is that of your personal budget? We weight that. We create a new CPI index. Uh, then your rate of return, I guess, I, I bet you would go back to historical averages. Uh, so there's not a, you're not going to experience a higher real rate of return in the stock market. You are once again only beating inflation because that money ends up back in the markets anyway. Uh, but historically speaking, yeah, index investing, just, just the S&P is 12%. I'm pretty sure. 11.83, I remember. I used to teach finance classes. I used to know that number. <clears throat> All right. Um, let's go some more good news. This was written in the New York Times, but somebody else published. Because New York Times says, oh, would you like to, to read further? Subscribe. No. No, I'm not. I'm not going to. Um, this is all I got. A mother's new search for a home. And this is an article about what it's like to be homeless in New York City. <clears throat> I confess that reading about the tra travails of a homeless person amid all the current suffering held little appeal. But I actually found solace in the story of Camilla, a pseudonym Lauren Sandler uses for the central character of her riveting new book, This Is All I Got. Camellia is wildly impulsive, profoundly smart, deeply savvy, and a stunningly beautiful 22-year-old Dominican. Let us remember all these fine adjectives used to describe her, okay? She's also without a place to live. How does a wildly impulsive, profoundly smart, and deeply savvy woman, or any person, not find a place to live? I was ugly and short and kind of... Yet I've never been homeless. I always made sure I found a place to live. And as Matthew Desmond, the Pulitzer Prize winning author of Evicted, once told an interviewer, without stable shelter, everything else falls apart. So it does for Camilla, except that she holds on with a tenacious grip to find some normalcy and to imagine an abundant future, both for herself and for her young son. <clears throat> yeah, Cappy, where's the dad? You know they know when they write this shit. The lack of a father, the lack of a husband, the lack of the nuclear family is why these people be Poe. Sandler, the author of two previous books, first met Camilla at a shelter in Brooklyn in 2015, when the economy was booming, by the way, where Sandler volunteered. Camilla, who it becomes clear, works hard to present herself as someone in control, is dressed in a fresh white blouse and a pair of twill short shorts, a baby blue purse resting on her lap. Sandler writes that she sensed her mind revving, her thoughts lurching forward as she composed herself. From that first meeting, I sensed that she was a woman who was hell-bent on propelling herself out of this shelter away from the circumstances of her past. I'm wondering, were these circumstances self-inflicted? Towards something solid, ambitious, but not math or STEM, right, boys and girls? Anything but that. <laughs> Maybe she could become a writer, too. Uh, and as I came to experience her, experience her within and beyond her story, the one thing was clear to me. If Camilla couldn't use her wits and persistence to make the system work for her, no one could. Did she learn to code? And let me guess, Lauren, you have an idea that if this one loser reject from the Dominican Republic who fucked up her life with mistakes we're going to get to later can't make it 
then we need to tear down this entire system so veritable parasites like her and you can. So you can all become authors and writers and teachers, but no one's going to be farmers or engineers, but somehow the food and the gas will still be made. The encounters are maddening. To call them Kafkaesque wouldn't do them justice. For rental assistance, Camelin needs to make five separate chips to a job set. <clears throat> what if she majored in engineering? Would she have the money to afford rent? And why is she in New York City, which is the one of the most expensive places lived in the, in the United States, when maybe she might have family back in the Dominican Republic? If I can make it there, I can make it anywhere. I'm up to me, New York, New York. <clears throat> Sometimes with weights up to three hours. <laughs> I wonder if you spent those three hours learning to code. Once she sits down in a plastic chair in a waiting room to find a puddle of urine beneath her, and she has to decide whether to go to the bathroom or risk losing her place in line. We learn that in order to get marked as a high priority for a unit in public housing, which has over a quarter of a million names on the wait list, you need to have been a victim of domestic violence. So at a shelter, when a woman purposely bumps Camille, she calls 911 and insists that the police consider it a case of domestic abuse. How are you going to bat to this vile person? Someone bumps into this person and now the other person, has anyone care about the other person that now has a criminal record potentially against them that is completely false? <clears throat> and that they write up a restraining order. Even at her young age, she's learned not to make constant humiliation personal, but rather shrugs thinking to herself, maybe it just wasn't meant to be. Cappy, is there a big major problem? She, I could have swore you mentioned there was a problem beforehand that th this wouldn't be a problem for us. Yes, yes, there is, boy and girls. It's the number one cause of all problems and poverty in the world. Five years ago, 60,000 people in New York were without a home. Nationally, on any given night, roughly 550,000 are without shelter. And while the number had been declining, it began to rise again in the past few years, giving the astonishingly large number of people who have lost their jobs in the wake of the COVID-19 process, those numbers will only increase. Camellia's story feels like a warning. If in prosperous times, this is the best our government can do to assist those struggling to get by, uh, then it, in these difficult, coming difficult times, we will be able to do very little. How about <clears throat> it's not the government's responsibility, that would be the taxpayers, to work extra time to pay for you and your stupid mistakes? How about you, of all the things, all the things that should prompt you to make sure it never happens again, it would be homelessness. Like if you had to sleep outside for a couple times, you'd be like, oh, fuck this shit. I have got to find some kind of job or move or make some life choice. I have got to make sure this never happens again. But no, in the minds of the leftists, you all don't have agency. You're all not controlled. You're not all strong, independent women. You all need the big ass tit of the government to suck off of. And to you, instead of like, well, maybe I should do something. Wow, the, there's how many people homeless? Well, what if everybody was homeless? Why is it the government's responsibility? I got to wait for the government? I got to sit in line standing and piss to maybe uh, get an application in for a three-hour? Could I be using this time more productively to maybe be a waitress or uh, a taxi cab driver or... Uh, 
and uh, uh, Uber Eats, or maybe I go to the Amazon place. No, I'm going to sit here and wait to suck out the government tip. That's the greatest use of my time. I don't want to take responsibility. Just give me that. Give me that check. And they need to do more, by the way. Uh... When Sandler met Camellia at the shelter, she asked if she could spend time with her. And so over the next year, Sandler became, te- became tethered to Camellia, immersed in her day-to-day life. Even if my reading is right, jo- joining her on a date. It's a remarkable feat of reporting. Sandler seems to be always at her side. As the book opens, Camellia is pregnant. <clears throat> and desperately hoping the father is a young man she dated. Desperately hoping? How many people did you fuck without a condom? This is the sense right here is why this book should not, not why it should not only not be read, but the book literally has no value. It has no veracity. I, I don't know how many hundreds of pages of bullshit was, was co Again, this is what leftists are amazing at is coming up with the most fantastic mental acrobatics as to why they're entitled to other people's money. And that's all this book is. When this one sentence right here, as the book opens, Camelia is pregnant and desperately hoping the father is a young man she dated while attending college in Buffalo. Oh, she went to college. I wonder if it's for programming. She texts him while in labor. Kevin, good morning. I think today's the day. Camelia's Achilles heel is her persistent search for someone to settle down with. No, is that she didn't use birth control and didn't major in smart things. It's that she also, let me guess. Let me guess. It's against the religion to have an abortion. Fornication and premarital sex is okay, but against her religion to have an abortion. Pick and choose, choose and pick. I'm a cafeteria Christian, Christian. I like this. I don't like that. Get out of here. I'm going to be fat. I'm a cafeteria Christian, Christian. Jesus always will forgive me. Even though I'm a great Aquanta. <clears throat> Her persistent search for someone to settle down with. Well, now that's going to be pretty impossible seeing she's homeless and has some other kids. Is this another kid on top of the other kids she already had? Her certainty that each man she meets is the one. On one occasion, she meets a young man in the afternoon and by the evening is texting Sandler that maybe the next night she and her son will stay at his place. (laughs) Oh, my God, guys and gals. Let us celebrate the blessings and the gifts of the great and merciful, merciful Corona Chan that we are not this stupid, nor that desperate, nor that destitute, nor that naive, that a guy we meet that day will then allow us and our bastard children to stay with him that night. So this poor kid, remember, we hate the children here. This poor kid is being dragged through the streets of homelessness in New York because his or her, I don't know who, who, it doesn't matter. The mom is a slut. The mom, no, okay, being a slut is one thing. The mom is stupid. I take it back. I'm pro-women having sex. Go have as much sex as long as you don't get pregnant or pass on STDs. But the mom is stupid. And this is child abuse. That's what this... And we're we're not going to give a damn about the kid in this book. Guarantee you. It's all going to be the bad capitalists. The bad... Pick your... Pick your... uh, 
boogeyman, uh, the bad Jews, the bad white man, the bad Republican senators, the bad rich people in the Hamptons, uh, those other people are to blame for me abusing my child. <clears throat> I love that. I, let's read that again so we can appreciate the position we have. On one occasion, she meets a young man in the afternoon. And by the evening, the afternoon is like four hours, like three hours later. And by the evening, she's text and is texting Sandler that maybe the, the next night she and her son will stay at his place. We come to learn, too, that more than anything, she's seeking love and affirmation from her father, who is a disappointment at every juncture. When he learns she's pregnant, he blithely tells her, you'll be on welfare like all Mexican moms with five kids. He's right. He's right. I mean, maybe I, I'd like to know a little bit more about the dad. At least she knows him, but he's being perfectly honest. He has at least seven kids himself by a number of women. Oh, why why do the minorities not make the monies on a per capita basis? Why why do them? I got because there's so many capita you keep producing that you can't afford. It's it, it's not socioeconomics. It's division. <laughs> it's really simple third grade math. It's called the denominator. <clears throat> like I have a I have a capita of one, me. So then all my money goes to me. If I were to spread out a bunch of children, uh, if I made that money, now there's a lot. Oh, there's other people down here on the denom. Oh crap! You probably want to be fed. Don't worry, the Lord will provide, and the government. Uh, she also has a tenacious relationship at best with her mother, who was emotionally and physically abusive with Camelia and her siblings and kicked Camelia out of the house when she was 15. <laughs> Fuck the nuclear family. Oh, here, Kevin, this might be a reason why religion is good. Okay, this is this is a reason right here. Camelia refuses to be typecast. She often dresses in a black blazer and matching slacks and a slightly preppy look. She tells the other women in the shelter that she wants a nanny. I don't want to put him in daycare. She tells her <laughs> she wants a nanny. What fucking entitlement? Oh, she tells her fellow residents, nannies teach them. They learn sooner. They walk sooner. How about you teach? Well, Sweetheart, you don't teach any. What do you know? I'm concerned about putting him in a place that's not teaching him. Have him come and read some red pill books. We'll get him out of poverty. I know you don't love your child. Uh, we'll take care of him. She loves the theater and at one point attends a production of Federico Garcia Lorca's Blood Wedding and becomes so captivated by the performance that she's 20 minutes late picking up her son which means she has to pay a $35 charge to the daycare. She texts Sandler to ask if she wants to spend a day at the Guggenheim Museum. Dude, what? What kind of luck? What? Is this what, what the homeless do in New York? Like, to act like tourists? When do you look for a fucking job? <clears throat> I, I, do the leftist writers even realize what they're saying? A homeless person is taking in theaters is paying for daycare for the child and now wants to go to the Guggenheim. Bitch, get your ass in the want ads or indeed.com nowadays and get a fucking job. Sandler's such a keen observer, her writing so clear-eyed or clear-eyed. Listen to this moment when Camelia, her infant son, Alonso, entered an apartment occupied by two parents and a child. Camelia had rented a room there, sat unseen for 160 a week. 
Yovanka led Camellia into the foyer, a clothesline strewn in the streets with undergarments hung overhead. Underneath, a couch was jammed against the wall, nearly invisible under all manner of clothing, shoeboxes, baby toys, and ill-fitting carpet. Okay. I read that wand to pull Camellia out of there to plead with her to find somewhere else to live. But of course, that's the problem. She has no options. The waiting list for housing in New York's Section City A program, which provides vouchers for rent, has been capped at 10,000 names. It stopped taking names in 2000. I think that for a month, our government's primary program to provide housable affording is so oversubscribed, you can't even get your name on a waiting list. Hmm. <clears throat> I wonder what the solution would be. Hey, guys, you know that plan we all agreed on? What plan would that be, Cappy? Plan uh, work hard and do the right thing? No, no, no. No, not that plan. That's like plan seven. Uh, was it uh, plan uh, B? We all uh, we all like save a lot of money. We don't have kids. We can't. No, 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 no. That wasn't the one. What was the main plan? Hey, everybody else pay for our free shit. Remember that plan, guys? Yeah. Uh, turns out like thousands upon thousands of people have already got an idea and they're way ahead of us and there's no more money left. Oh, well, what should we do? Well, let's just go wander the streets in poverty with our kid and, and go to the Guggenheim. Yeah, you want to take it a show? Yeah, it sounds great. Let's go live on the street. <laughs> when does work hard, do the work, get off your ass, when does that enter any young person's mind today? Like, is work that hard? It's not hard. Is labor that threatening, that damaging, that scary, that you would live in the streets and shit on the streets of San Francisco? Are you guys that afraid of work? Is work that intimidating that you will live this lie and drag an innocent little child through this shit? It's not that bad, guys. Work ain't that bad. I mean, what do you, after a while, don't you get bored? Don't you get tired walking around living in a box? Don't you don't you worry about your son or your kids? Like, oh God, I gotta do something for this kid. <laughs> Work at McDonald's, sweep the take a night shift. I mean, you kill two birds with one stone. <clears throat> night shift, when it's cold, you're indoors. Whatever it is you might be. Then the daytime, okay, fine. At least the sun's coming out. I remember this because patrolling, you, but you'd be happy to get a, an indoor shift and not a patrol shift at night. But that's work. I don't want to bother you, you precious immigrants in New York, spreading kids and walking them homeless through the streets of New York with those boring problems. Actually, we could come up with a horror film for all the leftists and the parasites of society. It'd be called Work. <laughs> Have that, it would be black and white and have that 1950s gal like, ah, screaming. It came from the Republican Party and Western civilization. Work. Ah! She just wanted to fucking spit out kids and have everyone else pay for it. But the evil mastermind had other plans. Labor. Ah! Uh. I don't know if I need to go through this anymore. I, <clears throat> you guys can go ahead. I, I just want to point out how spoiled and delusional uh, our society is. Uh, thinking that this is good for any community, any culture, any kids. Uh, and, and it's kind of like, you know, it, it's a lot like, uh, 
electricity or, or water. Let's use water as an example. Sometimes because of the nature of civil engineering, it's more efficient that we put up this big ass water tower. We purify the water for everybody and just run, run pipes to everything else. Sometimes, though, if you're too far away from a city center, there's not enough dense population. It pays. To, you got to get your own well. It doesn't pay. You have to get your own well. And how long do you Democrats and leftists and parasites in general have to live in a city where the water has run out and you're not getting water out of the taps? And it hasn't been this way for decades, for generations. How long are you, is it going to be until you, like, you go dig a well? And I guess this metaphor, this, this uh, analogy is you're so fucking lazy that you'd rather die of thirst than spend the labor. You're such a coward. You're such a fraidy cat of labor that you're not going to go dig your well. And you'd rather just sit there and wait for the water to drip, drip, drip out of the dysfunctional and, and empty water tower. Like, and so this brings up the point of <clears throat> the individual versus an infrastructure, the individual versus a system. If the electricity runs out, well, the system isn't working. And you can bitch all you want. We need more electricity. Well, great, but you ain't getting no electricity now. Maybe you go get a generator. Maybe you build one. There's no more water. Well, and I put water on power with housing in terms of importance. There ain't no housing. Um, okay. And there's too long of a line and, and I can't get money. Well, gee, Frank, what the fuck do you think you should do? Maybe you should get a job and get your fucking housing, huh? I mean, laziness is more powerful than hunger and starvation for some of these people. <laughs> I can't help you. I guess you're going to fucking plumb die. I don't care. You're too lazy. You're not going to. You're so lazy, you'd rather shit in the streets and sleep under a bridge than go get a job. Okay. All right. No, that, that ain't my fault. It's not the Jews' fault. It's not the Republicans' fault. It's not the Democrats' fault. Well, the Democrats enable it. It's not the government's fault. It's not the government's responsibility. It's not the rich, evil white people. It's not the evil patriarchy. It's your fault. It is all your fault. And, to, and dude, you want to live your life like that? Go right the fuck ahead. Go right the fuck ahead. The only person I feel bad about is the kids. And the kids, by God, man, any of you kids, you want to get out of poverty, come over talk to old Cappy. Olderbrother.com. Read any one of my books. Bachelor pa Here, should we go over the books that would have prevented all these problems? By the way, these books only cost a fraction of what the taxpayer probably shelling out for this girl. Here's Bachelor Pad Economics. Oops, wrong side. Here's Bachelor Pad Economics. It's Written for everybody, but again, men are probably the only ones that really want to listen to spend less and save more. Uh, here's a, another one related, how not to become a millennial. It goes through all the financial, educational, and career mistakes uh, the millennials made and the boomers and Gen Xers forced upon them. It's not just slamming on millennials. And said, hey, here's how you ended up poor. Here's how you could avoid the mistake. There's one. Here's another one. Worthless. How much you want to bet Camellia didn't major in anything that's employable? Boy, she might have a job. <clears throat> Not a long one. Yeah, there you go. 
Uh, and then, because I hate black people, the black man's guide out of poverty. I'm going to assume Alfonso is Latino, perhaps black, Afro-Latino, Afro-Cuban, or Afro-Dominican. Uh, if, if he happens to be of that, hey, uh, Alfonso, when you get older and, and you know your mom has done unto you what her mom done unto her, and you want to get out of poverty, here you go. I mean, the same principles just tailored to uh, blacks and minorities. <clears throat> so those set you back. Even an audible, that's going to set you back less than 80 bucks. And that would prevent this from happening. We could end poverty. We close the racial wealth and income gaps. That's going to cost a fraction of what the taxpayer spends on you in a week. By God, I hope not, but you could probably even get those books at the library. Perish the thought. My book's being read for free. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> but no, let me guess. It's an easier route to just keep panhandling for the rest of your goddamn life than to read those fucking books, major in the right thing, not get nobody pregnant, and spend less than you make. All right, let's let's get back to let's get back to the super chats. I hope that made you guys feel better. And anytime, I look, I know a lot of you don't have the jobs, feel bad. Terribly sorry. A lot of you going through financial times where your revenues have dropped, even if you're 1099er. But guys, and I know you get pissed off at these parasites lessening your standards of living. I get it. But at any point in time, guys, you think it's bad. You think you got it bad or you're infuriated about the injustice. Legitimately so. You're not walking around with a kid that you're too stupid to realize how much you're, you're, you're abusing him or her. As you, you just rely futilely and helplessly that a huge bureaucratic agency or multiple agencies go and get enough of other people's money so that you could afford a shitty apartment in New York. I mean, could you imagine the future of this woman? Look at the future of, of her father and her mother. All right. Uh, do you want their lives? They wasted their lives. The one thing they got, they wasted their lives. Oh, wait, they'll find Jesus and Jesus will forgive. I'm a cafeteria Christian girl. My attitude will make you puke, girl. I'm entitled. I'm enriched. Yeah, I'm a fucking bleepy bitch. <laughs> hey, you guys date a modern. I guess I can't even say modern. It was like 15 years ago. I had a spate. I don't know what it was, but I went through a spate of Christian girls. I was like, oh, yeah, no. Uh-uh. Nope. Mm -hmm. No. I will take a nice secular girl who majors in engineering, has no student debt, rich parents, big tits, and other things that aren't on the menu today or ever. Ronan Boyle, two British pounds. What's your profit? Oh, we already did that one. Sorry, Ronan. All right, here we go. I got to scroll back up. That was quite a rant. That'll be one of the hymns. Cafeteria Christian Girl of the Great Merciful Corona Chat. So we're going to get the book written up. And we're going to get a hymnal. Uh, did I get all the super chats? 1017, I think so. Right, here's Joe Jones for a buck 99. Here's my JJ. Now fill my tray. <laughs> I am the table. <laughs> 
Uh, Ronan Boyle, uh, two pounds. We were all divided before this bums increased taxes. Uh, Do we get them all? I have a feeling. Am I missing some guys? Did some come through the super chats? Because when did I go? You want to call this a long rest? Cafeteria Christian, Kevin and Seals, Karen and HR. These girls. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a break. Everyone go take a break. I'm going to log in and go back through the thing. Make sure I didn't miss it. Plus, I got to gargle. Everyone take a break. The church will continue later.
Okay, guys, I'm back. I, I found it. Everybody, hang on. You know what I'm going to do before I do this, before I go through it? <clears throat> um, I wrote a piece on the podcast, the blog today about how all these unnecessary clicks and constantly fucking with user interfaces, among other things, is going to slow down and cripple economic growth. I'm being deadly serious about it, so I posted it in there. And that's just what I had to go through. All that time was simple. Simply to go back and try and find where I got the list. And I found it. By God, I found it. So let's go back and make sure I didn't miss anything. I got I to gotta hit the can real quick. Build a train. Blah, blah, blah. We're all divided before. Blah, blah. Aaron Liggett for uh, 10 bucks says, good morning, Cappy. Here we go. Rob Fugalski for $10.99. We would have missed $11. Rob would have spent $11 for no reason. $10.99er here. Some good news. Just found out my ex-wife. Child protective social sir, uh, so uh, child protective service social worker got married to her fifth husband and didn't take his last name. This one will definitely work out, correct? Bravo, bravo. <laughs> fifth marriage. You don't marry liberals, boys. You you definitely do not marry uh, women who are wedded to the state. Where like their career is the state, where that's that's all they do. Where they're raising other women's children. There's just no reason. Just no reason. Uh, Christopher and I for two bucks. Does market equals infinity where we print Zimbabwe bucks? And that's it. Okay, that's it. Those are the only ones we missed. Thank God I found that. Uh, I'm going to hit a can. I'm going to grab some gargle and we'll be back. All right, we're back. I hope you all said a prayer to the great, great and merciful Corona Chan. Let's get through all that. We got that. Scrolling down. Make sure nobody's money went to waste. Oh, wait, what? That, that. Oh, Aaron Lee. Oh, for Tim, we already got that one. Thank you, Aaron. All right, we're already caught up. Um, let's do some sponsors really quick. <clears throat> we'll get out of here. Um, Alpha Male Reviews this is a new one. I'll put the link to his channel. Uh, what he does is um, he specializes in taking 
excerpts from books or uh, articles people have written. And he does that kind of like where the hand is drawing stuff and it makes diagrams. And it, it, I know maybe it's cheesy, but it kind of works. I kind of like them. And uh, his specialty is taking that and making those videos for you guys. And he's affordable. Um, and then what ends up happening is uh, because it's professionally done and it looks good and it's conveying a very important part of a book or an excerpt of an article you wrote, not only does the listener get a benefit, but then he also links to your book or your product <clears throat> at the bottom of his video. And uh, he does advertising essentially for you. So the article, I'm sorry, not the article, the link I put there below, it's Alpha Male Reviews. And if you want to hire him, I'm also going to put his email in the chat below. There you guys go. And tell him that the captain sent you. And so he's going to be doing one on Enjoy the Decline later. Uh, it was pretty good. He did uh, one from Turd Flinging Monkey's book, uh, 13 Rules not to Not Become a Cuck. Uh, so you can check that out. How Not to Become a Millennial. I talked to you guys about that. If you have not gotten that book, please get it. If you know someone, if you know a millennial who is a student loan bailout proponent uh, or, or they're working in the brew pub industry and they're unemployed, get them the book. <clears throat> it is a helpful book. It's the come to Jesus meeting. It's the father they never had in book form, bludging in them over the head saying, look down my ass, you're going to die in 50 years, make it count. So uh, if you wanted to help uh, a millennial, a Gen Zer, or you just hate the boomers, frankly, and you hate the millennials, and you want to just feel a good, you want a 400-page rant and screed against Marxist dipshit parasitic millennials and the baby boomer fucks who did shit fuck all, get that book. Seven chapters ripping. The baby boomers had right next to the bag of dick store. There's the bag of new asshole store. And there's a line out of it, not only because of coronavirus, they have to stay six feet away. But I ripped an asshole of these boomers so much in the original chapters of that book. <clears throat> they all got to get new assholes. They're all in line to get new because they don't have assholes. I just obliterated their assholes. I mean, shit, look here. Go through the, the type of boomers. Teacher and professor boomers, political boomers, feminist boomers, psychology boomers, boss boomers, parents boomers. There ain't no boomers left. So check out that book, How Not to Become a Millennial. Yes, it'll be available in audio. It's just going to update me once it is. Masculine Geek, when you're bored with this podcast, go over to Masculine Geek uh, on YouTube or MasculineGeek.com and be even more bored by another podcast. <laughs> uh, the guys that I was just listening to one, I listened to this podcast too, not only because they're my friends, but they put out a good show. Uh, and so I was tuning in. Plus, they always rip on me. Inevitably, there's always the Clary segment of the masculine. Ah, Clary, uh, four-hour naps of masturbation and rum. Ah. He's so impatient. TJ, he's so impatient. Or Rob's impersonation of robsays.net, another site you could go to for another podcast. He's part of this podcast, but he has his own. I shoot my crossbow, and then I take all the gold, which is pretty much all I do. Uh, so we got that. You can check them out, MasculineGeek.com. The Bra BlackBrigade.org, another podcast by a friend of mine, uh, DT. Uh, he has one of the longer-running podcasts out there, but he went on YouTube recently. I just posted that in the chat room. 
so, and he's dark. Um, I went for a run yesterday. I'm like, oh, I'm going to listen to good old DT and how's he doing? And then I, and the government did the Democrats. And I'm like, dude, you're out of Minnesota. Why are you so pissed off? Like, you should be celebrating Minnesotans are doing dumb shit. But uh, he still cares because he's got a heart. Somewhere in there, he's got a heart. But uh, I guess uh, he's got to learn to chill, um, which is odd coming from me. But uh, check that out, uh, theblackbrigade.org. Academiccomposition.com. Go to academiccomposition.com and have Alex and his crack team of writing staff write your papers for you. That's going to become pretty important here as college round uh, finishes up. Never to return again because they didn't save the money. And non-communist science fiction. Do you like science fiction? Yeah. Do you hate communism? Oh, you do? Well, have I got the site for you. Noncommunistsciencefiction.com, where the author, Michael Kingswood, writes science fiction that doesn't sermonize you or lecture you up the ass about communism and what a dirtbag you are for having money and working hard. So <clears throat> go to noncommunistsciencefiction.com. Check out the books written by Michael Kingswood. Bunker Basics, go to BunkerBasics.com with Bunker Bob and learn about survival. Bunker Basics, Bob discusses how preparedness is insurance against the risk of disaster. He discusses how you could become more self-reliant when knowing the government is prone to making massive miscalculations. Bob shares the tenets of prepping, income diversification, frugality, skill development, risk management, and more. At Bunker Basics, you're not just getting a rant from a guy in his mom's basement you're getting uh, actionable steps you could take to better prepare yourself for a shit hits the fan event like the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, is that it? That's it. That's it. Uh, what am I thankful for? Thankful for two things today. One, um, Bull Rush, he's, a, he's on... Twitter, he got a Corona Chan mug, even though Red Bubble, which prompted me to write the article, by the way, uh, the latest article on Cappy Cap, uh, he did get a Corona Chan mug. There's like 10 maybe that got out there and a pillow and a shirt. So it's a collector's item now, Bull Rush. Save that stuff. Put it in a box. I don't know. Uh, but uh, until I get either another merch account, which I probably won't, or they get back to me. I did. I sent I sent not a terse, but a rather well-scripted uh, email to their customer support at Redbubble. Like, so did Karen and censorship uh, get upset because this gal's got big boobs or what? <laughs> it's like, it doesn't do this. It doesn't do that. You got actual porn on your fucking site. I marked it as mature. Da, da, da. What is wrong with this? <clears throat> and, I, and that was the other thing. I said, I need to know. So I know whether or not to tell people on my social media account whether they can expect to do business with you or if Karen in the censor department is just going to be a royal fucking pain in the ass. Still waiting to hear back from them. And if they get back to me, say, oh, yes, we're sorry. <clears throat> this You can put that up now. I'll be good. Don't let it happen again because I will take more money away from you than I can give you. I, you could... Whoever's listening at Redbubble, which I know you're not, we can work together and I can make you money or you can be a grade A Kuantahaha and not work against me, but just obstruct me and piss me the fuck off and I will cost you money. One is profitable. 
the other is a loss. <clears throat> I don't know which one you want, but you can you can go ahead and decide. And I'm very curious to see what what the response is because I will be using it in a post um, about censorship and all that. Uh, but uh, Bull Rush got a, a Corona Chan mug. That's great. Uh, a couple other products out there with that. And then yesterday I went for a good run. I went for a run and not a walk. I uh, I revisited. I, I won't lie. I, I've been in a very dark, not dark place, but with Corona Chan and, and the virus and everyone being forced. It's been depressing. No, no, I'm so depressed at emo. It's like, oh, fuck. Uh, and it just started getting, I'm like, you know what? This isn't the worst part of this. wasn't the worst part of my life. This is the worst days. I've been in way worse condition, but I don't have to feel like this. I have to feel like this. And I'm like, that's it. I'm going for a big ass run. I went for a six mile run, no stops. And it worked like a charm. It worked like a charm. And I, I know I was looking like, okay, I got to calm down benzos or whatever. No, don't do the benzos. All right. Well, I can't do booze. And then, okay, what about marijuana? Oh, yeah, it's great. Everything's wonderful, but you get no work done. You just sit on the couch. Okay, we're not doing that either. There's no way out. All there is, all there is is Zool. I mean, sorry, running. And I, I went back to something I learned when I was like 29, 30. And I, I, to get out of a very bad part of my life, I ended up running 11 miles a day. I got up to that. And maybe I got to go back to doing that. And you know what? It's a huge time commitment. Um. It also, there's there's no real place to work and lift out weights. Don't fucking email me. Oh, I got this. I know, I know. I got my weights here. I do do an upper body, but it's really compromised. <clears throat> and running 11 miles taxes your system. That's like, well, geez, you know, you're going to. But I think I'm going to get back to that because of the serenity, peace, and calm that comes with it. And just the good feeling that comes after it. And what pisses me off is it it so makes a, a damning testimony a damning bit of evidence that this there really isn't sentience there really isn't thought there really isn't emotions or psychology or feelings it's just chemistry <laughs> it's it's just go run and then endorphins or serotonin will be released into your system and then you'll feel fine it's like why can't i just look at my life and be fine why can't i just look at this like wow look at this crazy awesome life look at this life Oh yeah, we're stuck in a pandemic and bad things happen. But look at what I what I've done, what a future potential has for, what I can do. And then things like novelty wear on you. Like, oh gosh, just to have it where to have chocolate ice cream to be like the first time you know ever tasted chocolate ice cream every time into the future. That would so but you will always adapt and get used to it and grow accustomed to what you have, no matter how awesome it is. I got a buddy, real good friend, nice guy too. He always gets a, dude, I keep telling people about asshole consulting. It's great. I can't believe it. I'm like, yeah, I know. I've been doing it for six and a half years and, and, and he's right. It's this great dumbass idea that I had that makes money. It's, it's a classic American story of entrepreneurship. It's, Hey, look at that. That's that's a unique thing. You don't see that every day. It is. It's great. There's nothing bad to say about it. <clears throat> but it's like, I know. Uh, no matter how great it is, I, I do it. You know, every day I, I deal with it. It's, it's part of my life. Now it's become background that you can't appreciate it anymore. 
Take your favorite roller coaster ride. You'll get sick of it. Drink your favorite booze. You'll get sick of it. Have your favorite ice cream. you get sick of it. It's such a handicap. Oh, if there'd be a handicap to get rid of, it would be to get rid of uh, losing novelty, like having perpetual novelty. And then, but, but the, you know, a run, diet. Regrettable as it is, you can't just take your frontal cortex, your conscience, your sentience, and look at things and logically deduce happiness and contentment and satisfaction. There's a trick. You got to work out. You got to physically do X. You got to physically do Y. You have to consume this. You have to consume that. You have to avoid this. You have to avoid Y. But if you don't want to do any of the work, well, here's some, what do they call them? Inhibitor reuptakes or SSRIs or whatever. Oh, there's no drawbacks with those. You just pigeonholed into labor. So that's what the thing is. It's going to take an hour. If I get up to 11 miles a day again, that's going to be an hour and a half, two hours a day. <clears throat> of running. That's a commitment. That, and you know what? I need it. I absolutely need it. all this other stuff going on. I need it. Uh, the Science of Mastering Women. It's a book by Linda Gross. Check it out. Uh, she also has a podcast. If you look up Linda Gross, put that in the chat room. And it's a male-oriented podcast. I think you'll like it. She's one of the good gals. Uh, she wanted a copy of How Not to Become a Millennial. And she's a psychologist. I'm like, I don't know if you're going to like this chapter. <laughs> I, I don't know. Everyone's like, oh, you should really talk. Are you going to? I'm like, no. No, here it is. Your profession is bullshit. It has very bad statistics and data. You don't solve anything. Everybody's getting worse mentally speaking. Each generation is mentally worse off than the other one. You're failing. Not you personally, but your industry is failing. Even I admit economics is bullshit. Economic growth is slowing. That's going up. The economics profession is failing. None of the econ economists know jack fucking shit. I even lead with it. I don't know shit. I got some ideas and theories. Oh, here's a healthy dose of cynicism, and I always assume people are lazy, no good fucks. Wow, I'm right all the time. People must be lazy, no good fucks, but that's politically unpopular. Paul Krugman will suck our dick for $10 million a year. Tell us what we want to hear. But it's still bullshit profession. And so I'm thankful for them. Thankful I got a good run in. <clears throat> and that you could buy uh, Linda Gross's book over at amazon.com. All these books, by the way, are available at amazon.com. And then uh, if you want to buy a used computer for $150 to $200 with a Windows 10 operating system, and that's it, not a screen. I think you get a mouse and a keyboard, though. It doesn't come with Office. This guy just sells used computers out of his... He goes and recycles them, okay? These dipshit companies throw away, throw away perfectly good computers. A lot of times they don't blank out the data. Oh, yeah, we got data privacy valve protocol. The fuck if they follow it. So he goes, salvages them, blanks out the hard drives, puts on a new operating system. He's got some spare RAM he'll throw into that, you know, make a slightly better, new and improved uh, Daft Punk computer. And then he sells it to you on the cheap. He does not do tech support. If you're the ditzy little girl that kept him on the phone for an hour, how to hook up the computer to a screen, he's not going to do that. And the only reason he did that is because she was cute. <laughs> 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 
principles and ethics and da 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 Oh, you're cute. Oh, I'll throw all those principles at you. Ha ha. If he's listening, he's pissed right now. <laughs> he just gets you cheap computers. That's it. So if you're not a complete tard, you know how to plug in a computer. You know how to turn it on. Maybe you got to alter control F7 to fit it to the screen. You, you know it's not going to play Fortnite. And you're not going to call them and harass them. And that's why I keep telling them, I'm like, don't call them. And tell them, here's the disclaimer. After the money is transacted, I'm not, I'm not helping you. You got If it's broken and it doesn't work, fine. I'll replace it. But I'm not helping you set it up. I'm not installing it. I'm not, I don't, I don't tell you how to set up your email. I was hoping my audience would be smart enough on that when, when they did that. They're, oh yeah, no, we know we got it here, but then you never know. It's always somebody. My goodness, Jack Napier, Napier's in here. Uh, and that's it for, we all got the sponsors. All right, let me go through this. Kevin McComer for two bucks. Listen to Nick Fuentes on D Live. I I don't know. Isn't he like twelve years old? And he's probably a little bit too right for me. Judd Grover two dollars. Best example of good marketing. Perry's bad breakup. Perry's bad breakup. Perry's ice cream. Is it ice cream? Bad breakup. Oh. <clears throat> so Perry's ice cream. You go to perrysicecream.com. It's called Bad Breakup. How? Oh, that's brilliant marketing. How brilliant is that? I want to get some. Oh, my gosh. Breakup ice cream. <laughs> oh, now I better get to the gym and get hot so I can get another guy. I wasn't hot for my boyfriend, but I'll get hot to get another guy. But I'll only stay hot for him for about a month, and I'll get fat again. Until he get, breaks up with me, I break up, and I'll get, and I'll eat my, but then I'll get thin for another guy. Only for a month until I get fat again. Just the same fucking cycle. How about excellence all the time? Just this rocket shooting towards excellence, always up. You can see the camera from the cockpit, some rickety old first, you know, 1950s, 60s rocket. Come on, baby. Come on. Not knowing if it's going to blow up on you and make it like, yeah. Anybody just picture that like you're in life? Strap yourself to a rocket. All right, let's see this where this puppy could go. Punch it. Oh, I don't want to get in the rocket. I'd have to learn how to fly, and I have to learn a lot about aerospace engineering and aeronautics. I could be here on the ground looking for free housing with my bastard child, hoping Jerome takes me in because I just met him today. They'll write a book about me. Ooh, going to the stratosphere and breaking the speed of... Oh, I want to lie here on the couch. 
Is that it? Okay. More good news. You guys want some more good news? From the New York Times. Some sports may have to skip this year, Fauci says. Isn't that too bad? Isn't that so sad? Wait. The dude bros, the sports ball people, they may, they may, you guys might have to go without watching a bunch of monkeys and hooligans throw balls through hoops or swing bats at spheres. What are you going to do without watching those jamokes? How are you not going to be a jamoke yourself when you can't watch all these idiots, these jamokes, swinging at spheres and throwing balls to put numbers on a board? That if you're capable of doing subtraction, one will have more than the other. And that, that that group of people in the green jerseys are celebrating over those in the white jerseys. <clears throat> uh, Dr. Tony Fauci, the leading public health expert on President Trump's coronavirus tax force, said this week that it might be very difficult for major sports in the United States to return to action this year. Oh, yeah. And you know what else we might miss out on? Loud pack concerts where Mickey Minaj, the plastic brown person, will be up on a stage three miles away that you paid $200 to see in the nosebleed seats to sing her song, Oh, my nails is my power. Look at the boobs I put them on. Uh, power and empowerment. Go, girl, you go, empowerment. That, that's her latest song coming out. It's all very popular with the kids, probably on the Billboard's top 10 already. Where you could pay and have really shitty audio quality music. Yeah, those are going away too. Uh, various leagues have considered a number of options for restarting play that can come to a halt in mid-March as the extent of the coronavirus outbreak became increasingly apparent. Key variable, Dr. Fauci said in an interview on Tuesday, will be whether the country can gain broad access to testing that quickly That quickly yields results. He said that manufacturers had made strides in developing such tests, but not enough for major sports competitions to resume. Safety for the players and for the fans trumps everything, he said. If you can't guarantee safety, then unfortunately you're going to have to bite the bullet and say we may have to go without this sport for this season. Oh, <clears throat> oh. You mean Bob Bobson in the Eden Prairie might have to play baseball with his kids instead of watch sports ball with his kids? Oh, my goodness. I, well, you mean the kids might have to go? Are you saying Joe Blow in the Woodbury might have to go buy a football and give it to his little kid so his little kid and all the other little kids in the neighborhood could go pl- actually play the game of sports ball and not on the boobity boppity boop boop game like on the real world do you know what the graphics are like when you play football in the real world <clears throat> better than than an xbox one it's amazing what the graphics are what <laughs> uh Dr. Fauci's remark came as Major League Baseball, the National Basketball Association, and other leagues are scrambling to find ways to safely bring their players together to train and to play games with or without fans in the seats. I really, you know what? I am curious though. How much do do uh, stadium sales account for the revenue of, say, basketball or football? Like, aren't most people watching it on television anyway? Is that where the majority of the income comes from? 
mock and ridicule professional sports as I do. Again, I do not dislike <clears throat> the, uh, the, the athletes. They're, they're very hardworking. They do the job. And it's, it's the fans where I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. Um, I hope they get back together. But yeah, if you put, if you could put on a game, won't most people watch it on the, on the television anyway? I mean, you go to Twin Stadium, most of the people are watching the game on the on the bar screen anyway, not looking behind them watching the game. Why, why, would, why do that? And then everybody can get back to the sports bar. <laughs> Dude, bro, maybe like with all this coronavirus going on, uh, uh, we could like pull our dad's money together and go buy that brew pub and turn it into a sports bar. Like, yeah, like, uh, oh, what was it? There was Champs. Oh, God, Champs. They're still around. This holdover from the fucking uh, dick and pussy bar the boomers had where you'd walk up to a girl at the bar, like, hey, gonna buy you a drink? And there'd be all these these big screen televisions. You guys can bring back the sports bar. Actually, the sports bar probably would have a huge comeback. If bars are, like, you're not allowed to have... Uh, conventions or um, stadiums. They're just allowed to play. Uh, but you can go to the bars. Dude, everyone's going to flood. Sports bars would actually be profitable for you know a couple months anyway. Don't think I've ever seen a profitable sports bar. Not one. Regular bar, yeah, but a sports bar. I get a sports. Who came up with that fucking idea anyway? Wasn't it, weren't all bars kind of sports bar related? Like, hey, throw on the game, Bobby. You know, it's New York, 1950-something, when TV was on. <clears throat> they were having cigarettes because you could. Hey, Vinny, throw on the game. See how the Mets are doing. Uh, crappy as ever. But then the the theme of the sports bar, where there's like jerseys up, and they fucking got big screen TVs, and you're watching everything from uh, pole vaulting to, to the Super Bowl. Where to go? President has urged sports commissioners to return to play as soon as feasible, and Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York has trumpeted the feasibility of playing Major League Baseball in empty ballparks in the state this summer. I got a question, <clears throat> just a dumb question. Well, Those are pretty big uh, baseball fields, right? Stadiums. How cool would it be the New York Yankees, big cops involved? They play a game on a regulation field like at the local public park. Huh? Like an old, yeah, hear me out. You get the cameras, right? Not a lot. You just get the cameras. You get enough. And instead of playing at Yankee Stadium, they go to Johnson Field over in in Brooklyn or whatever. Minnesota Twins, they go play over in South St. Paul, get the tire stolen. Um... The Denver Rockies, they go find a baseball diamond in Aurora and they just go play a game. All right. When that, how cool would that be? Oh, you know what? It wouldn't happen because all the companies that, that sponsor, they got their name on the stadium. So you got to see all that. Okay, never mind. It would have, why? Why would we do something cool and American like that? Or at least one game, but the major league baseball team of each state goes and plays at a local fucking neighborhood baseball diamond. Huh? Huh? Nah. 
why that might be remembered forever and bring in more PR than any. Eh, we're playing from the Gillette Stadium where we cut men's balls off. Uh, some governors, such as Gavin Newsom of California, have been more cautious. Dr. Fau- Fauci, 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 the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases since 1984, said that although the rate of confirmed cases of the virus has decreased in the most of the country, there will probably be a surge of cases again. If we let our desire to prematurely get back to normal, we can only get ourselves right back in the same hole. What hole? He said that any resumption of play must happen gradually and with great care and added that the authorities had to be prepared to respond if a number of cases began to grow again. Dr. Fauci, an avid runner who grew up playing basketball and baseball, is a fan of the Washington Nationals and New York Yankees. Yankees. He said he will feel comfortable returning to a stadium when the level of infection is far lower than it is now. Uh, how can sports return the interviewing him? All sports are created equal. Golf might be more suited to maintaining distance, but it would be harder in basketball or hockey. What can be done? You've got to be really creative. That's going to be more difficult, more problematic, but you know, there have been some suggestions that if you want to have a situation where players are going to have to come into contact like basketball, certain things you could do. I mean, maybe golf comes back. I won't lie. Um, I don't mind watching golf at a bar or anywhere. I, I won't watch a whole game or round. I don't even know what it is. I just like playing the game. But now that I've played it, I, I can watch these guys and they're so good. You're just jealous of every shot they take. Even if they're like, ah, dang, that's a horrible shot. Like, dude, I couldn't do that in a thousand fucking years. But it's always very calm too. It's almost like listening to jazz, which is like 40% of the other reason I could sit down and maybe watch some golf. But it, it it's kind of like, oh yeah. Oh shit! He made that great. Oh jeez, he's not even happy about that. I, I wouldn't even got on the green. So the sports ball might go away. Saw your video on uh, from the comment man for ten bucks. Saw your video on Eli the computer guy and your comment about Eli being okay for office. Apparently, someone thought that was a good idea and registered Eli the computer guy for Congress dot com. <laughs> Wait, not on my video. I didn't. Pr- did someone actually do that in response to the video I did? Oh, I did find out. Thank you for my agents in the field. You said that Eli, the computer guy, majored in criminal justice, so he does get a point against him on that. So it is only one point. Still, doesn't change my my ruling that yes, I'd love to have a beer with Eli, the computer guy, and that he is perfectly qualified to run for office. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Keep those goggles scrolling. Where the super chats go right? All right, no more super chats there. <clears throat> Article from Forbes: Technology is on the rise, while IQ is on the decline. Recently, while waiting for a video meeting to begin, I noticed a young child in the background in the office of one of the participants. As children are usually more interesting than the average video conference, I was curious about what she was doing. I was amused when I saw her looking at a magazine cover photo and trying to enlarge it with her thumb and forefinger. Her look was one of perplexity as she realized the image couldn't be manipulated using the pinch to zoom motion, such as when using a smartphone. Wait. Don't her. And an actual magazine. Oh, she was looking at an actual magazine cover trying to do that. <clears throat> okay. After a few tries, she gave up and walked away. 
seemingly unconcerned and no longer interested in the photo. The child's actions may be contemplate what is happening to the development of our brains in today's increasingly tech-driven world. You may recall studying a concept known as the Flynn effect, a theory that notes that more access to education and better nutrition than prior generations has led to an increase in the average IQ in the 20th century. Now new research is indicating the Flynn effect may be in reverse. Evan Horowitz, director of research communication at FCLT Global stated, people are getting dubber. That's not a judgment. That's a global fact. Recent studies conducted in Denmark, Norway, and the United Kingdom are seeing noticeable slowing and even reversal of IQ. In effect, IQs have lowered in this incredible area of tech, era of technology. 2018 Science Alert article by Peter Dockrill notes an analysis of some 730,000 IQ test results by research from the Ragnar Frisch Center for Economic Research in Norway reveals the Flynn effect hit its peak for people born during the mid-1970s. Thank you, women, very much. Thank you. Thank you. No, no. Thank you. Thank you. Fuck you, though. And thank you. And special thanks to you. Uh, the foremost concern is the lack of focus, which is not only lowering overall intelligence, but affecting our ability to stick with complex tasks and the cap capacity to make reliable decisions. It's also taken a toll on our emotional intelligence as we become victims of decision fatigue from too much technological stimulation. There's a universal, there's a universally growing pressure that what is important now will not be important in 10 minutes. <clears throat> Few people are allotted the time to required to dissect and solve challenges, let alone the time to complete tasks because things are changing too rapidly. Technology is changing our concept of time and we are getting the brunt of the abuse. There's an expectation to solve problems at the same speed as clicking through websites. Additionally, the amount of information online can give those working on a project a false sense of expertise. They read a few lines on a blog and often take action in the wrong direction. We are witnessing adverse effects of technology on our productivity and use of time at work, particularly in the form of multitasking. Studies on the negative impacts of multitasking, except when it's women, because that would disadvantage them. No. <laughs> There's no such thing as multitasking. There's just doing a lot of things at the same time really shittily. There, that's that's multitasking. <clears throat> I frequently refer to a 20-year-old work by Joshua Rubenstein, PhD, David Meyer, PhD, Jeffrey Edge, PhD. They often conclude that only 2% of the population can effectively multitask. What? You mean the 51% of the population that is the womans are not just great at multitasking? What? Could it be that researchers themselves have been too distracted to conduct newer studies? I'll let you do some unscientific research with this in mind. The next time you're in a live meeting, look around and see how many people are looking at the smartphone or other technology. Okay, but hang on. I got to go to bed for people stuck in me. Meetings are pointless. They are, that's like in church. That, that is, that is like, they're, they're, they should, you, could, you could look at your toes. I remember just doing math. Because I was so bored at meetings. Math on like my budget and finances. It's just math. Uh, the next time you're live, look up here on the smartphone. And the next time you have a remote meeting, track every time someone responds with a question. Can you repeat that? <laughs> Emotional intelligence has four key components. Bullshit, 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 and more bullshit. No. Self-management, self-awareness, social awareness, and relationship management. <laughs> God. Technical stimuli are challenging each of these. 
Let's use the example of technology via video games on developing brains. Technology can create real and perceived stress. It influences all four parts of EI and could lead to the inability to think or function in society. A Psychology Today article, okay, I'll go trust that industry and that periodical, suggests an article. We didn't even make it to study shows. We are now at Pop Psychology article suggests. Isn't that the same article that suggests everybody should be giving me billions of dollars in super chats? Isn't that the article? I thought it was the same article. Like that study that showed that there's a relationship between, I'm running out of bullshit, uh, buying Aaron his new favorite classic car and uh, double-digit economic growth? Yeah, I think so. If Aaron Clary gets that classic car he wants, GDP, a study shows that GDP will go up by like, you know, 20% a, a month. Oh, yeah, it's totally true. That chronic stress is affecting the frontal lobe of children and lead to issues of focus and the ability to manage emotions effectively, suppress impulses, and even complete tasks. Or the fathers aren't around and nobody spends time with them. We shan't ship them out to prisons on big blocks of yellow cheese that they're stuck in for a two-hours round trip anyway. And then, then we send them down in front of a computer, and then we feed their minds full of drugs. Dad might have an effect too. I'm no psychologist. Albert Einstein famously said, it has become appallingly obvious that our technology has exceeded our humanity. I imagine that some readers may even miss a key point or two in this article due to a technological distraction. If I'm correct in my assertion that we should be concerned that technology might have adverse effects on our brains, fear not. I'll leave you with hope. A joint study between Oxford University and Yale University predicts artificial intelligence will automate all human tasks in the next 45 years and all human jobs in the next 120 years. So we'll no longer need to worry about this, or will we? Will Conway, chief information, uh, I think someone's smoking pot in the apartment. Got a slight hint of it. So there we go, kids. All right, any more Super Chats or am I done for the day? Whoa, Super Chats dried up. Maybe I'll go eat lunch. I'll go for a run. All right. <clears throat> Bow your heads, you bastards. Dear great and merciful Corona Chan, thank you for your non-sentient and zero fucks given truth. The teeth and threats that have been missing so much in the real world that are yet necessary for us to value life, acknowledge truth, and love our fellow man. May your nature continue to expose the evil and parasitic among us, the lazy and those that put themselves above all others, our slave masters who have kept us enslaved, teachers who can be replaced by YouTube, and the stupid and unprepared who arrive for toilet paper when there is none. Bless us, O great Corona Chan, reward us, specifically those of us who are smart enough to have a one-month supply of toilet paper and who stocked up on 556 ammo as a basic matter of insurance. And may thine blessing come in the form of lower asset prices, less boomers, less traffic, cheap gas, and near-free airline flights. In thy name, Wuhan, Wuhan, amen. Bada boom, bada bing. No more cash for Cappy. Tomorrow is Thursday. I don't think I'll have a podcast tomorrow. Here, let's go with this. This sounds like good news. Hey, Aaron, I'm 21, fresh out of rehab, sober, but I need to find a job and get paid in less than a month to stay in Airbnb. Please respond. Go to assholeconsulting.com and send your requests. There we go. Can we get that prayer in print, Aaron? Um, I posted it. I think if you search Corona Chan Prayer, you should find it. I think it's on the blog. Yeah, just copy and paste it. Print it off. Uh, 
If you like to help out the show, olderbrother.com slash donate. Three ways there. That's it. Cappy's out. See you guys later. Toodles.